Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's a new season. It's a new show. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. They are closed today due to weather, but they may be open tomorrow. Make sure you check out their Facebook page or greatlakesdragway.com for the latest and happenings there. And don't forget, you can also get your 2017 year passes available through them at the offices during the week or online. And I'd also like to thank the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at MILWCAR.com. Make sure you check out their website for the latest happenings there and also your chance to win a free oil change. I'd like to thank uh, Jeff Orlowski for coming in. Jeff, longtime NASCAR fan, what was your first race? Uh, the first race I attended was the inaugural one at uh, Chicagoland Speedway. Okay. And uh, Harvick won that. And. Um, uh, you know, loved it. I, I've been a racing fan my whole life. I, when I was a kid in uh, the Chicago area, me and my dad would always go to Santa Fe Speedway. Excellent. And uh, and then he moved up to uh, Door County, and there was Thunder Hill Raceway mm-hmm. right by the uh, right by the house. So you know, he, me, and him would go all the time. I started taking my daughter, and they just stopped racing there, which was yeah. unfortunate. But uh, you know, I've I've loved it, loved it forever. Excellent. Uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, sir? Good. How's the weather Hi. down there? I'm actually in. Uh, I don't think. Oh, you, that's uh, right. You're in Texas. Tax. I'm in Texas, and it's freezing. Is it it's good? Supposed to be 40 degrees tonight. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I didn't bring enough sweatshirts. I'm oh. cold, and I'm oh. standing outside right now. So that's yeah. a shame. I really appreciate you. I'll be back to Florida tomorrow morning. What part of Texas again? (laughs) Austin. Uh, Again? Yeah, actually, it's the first time I've ever been here, and uh, it's been cold. Well, you've been to to the Circuit of the Americas, but you're talking about downtown? No, but I mean, it's never been cold here. Oh, I see. (laughs) So it was a shock. But, I like that. Uh, it makes me it makes me warm and warm inside knowing that you're cold about two thousand miles away. Because I know everybody is miserable, and I love when everybody is miserable, not just me. Well, I'll call, I'll call you tomorrow when I'm back in Florida and the sun's beating down on me. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I was thinking of going down there for you know. There's a couple of happenings in, in in March going down there, and and I know some people on the Atlantic side and a couple of people on the Gulf side. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I should go down to this event or that event. And I'm thinking. Screw it! Why don't I just go to South Florida and just stay down there and skip the auto racing? I mean, <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, I know. 
I tell you, I don't know how you guys do it. I really don't. But well, as I tell my I as I tell my wife, I said I ain't living here the rest of my life. So I'm I'm there out of here go. when I can. I am gone. But getting back to uh, the racing, actually, racing. the World Endurance Championship just ended their last race. With well, well, tell winning. us what the World Endurance Championship is. It's the cars. Probably the easiest way to explain it is the prototype cars that run at the 24-hour of Le Mans, the biggest sports car race in the world. And they have a series, and, and they run worldwide, just like Formula One. Exactly, and they run a lot of the Formula One tracks. And uh, they just finished, literally, uh, the race just finished 10 minutes ago. And Audi won the last race that they're going to be retiring now. Um, after 18 years, this was their last race with their P1 prototype effort in WEC World Endurance Championship. Hmm. Hey, Jeff, is there, isn't there a robot eating in the studio? Yeah, not supposed to, but, really? uh, but I'm, not, I'm not looking. Okay, I won't tell anybody. Right. Hopefully, our hopefully Parker won't hear the 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 crunching over the air. So sorry about that, Eddie. No problem. But uh, uh, one of our guests that we had on, Patrick Long, won his class. Excellent. It's basically, it's four different uh, classes of cars running. Which two of the classes are classes that people can buy the cars on the street. And uh, Patrick Long, a guest that we've had numerous times on the radio show over the years. Friend of the show, he Patrick won Long. His class. Excellent. American driver and uh, American a fan of, a yes. fan of the Germans, the Porsche. In yes. Yes. So he won. And uh, Roman Dumas, another guy that ran at Road America for Penske, he clinched the world championship for Porsche. But not a friend of so. the show. Um, he's a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, How's that, uh, Audi, is that Audi, Audi is gone next year and they're going Formula E racing. Yes. Yes. And <sighs> yeah, well, I, I think, that, you know, unfortunately, well, they, they've, I, they've, they've, is... they've done everything you can do in endurance racing. So, I mean, I don't well, mind that. I just, there was a rumor that they were, you know, maybe going F1 racing with Red Bull. You know, in the future, and that doesn't look like that's happening. I thought that would be a much cooler thing than Formula E, but that's just me. I I understand, and I I understand why they're doing it too. Steve, I told you when I went to the (laughs) uh, Formula E race at Long Beach this year. I told you this is what's going to happen. This is the direction, and it is. It's Volkswagen's got twenty projects with electric cars. Um, and you know, I mean, I told you that, but you didn't believe me. I know. I, I, I don't mind. I don't mind the electric cars. I just, I just wish they would. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I like electric car. You know what? The most impressive thing I saw was that if you go, if you go to YouTube, go to YouTube now, Jeff, I need, I want you to do this. This is your homework assignment. Okay. Go to YouTube and put in uh Dotson drag racer. Electric car. Okay. And there's a guy in Oregon who has an old Datsun 510. This is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. It's a road road legal Datsun 510, and this thing is a rocket ship. And it kind of proves, it kind of shows what you can do with the electric. And the electric cars, is, is there's a lot of technology. It's finally starting to get, they're starting to get some traction and starting to get some, 
momentum forward. It's kind of languish. Uh, I know a guy named Bob McKee. Uh, Eddie knows him. He's an old-time yeah. race car builder in the 60s, worked with guys like Tiny Lund and Dick Rathman in, in NASCAR and in IndyCar, and they got into sports car racing. And in the late 70s, he did a, uh, worked with a couple of manufacturers doing electric cars, and they kind of looked like that stereotypical what you what you used to think an electric car used to look like. That's kind of what these things look like. And they just could not, the technology had, had not evolved enough for, for it to make a practical application, even though Bob was making some progress within and, and says that if they would have continued with it, they, you know, they, they would be much farther than they were today. But with the, with the technology now, they're really, really starting to move forward in that and what, what Tesla is able to do. And now Chevrolet is coming out with a new electric car. It should be, it's going to be very interesting in the next few years. I just, I'm just one of these guys who believes that I, I still think there is another option out there for an alternative fuel other than electricity uh, that we'll see. I think this you know, electric cars is going to be kind of that bridge to another technology. What that is, I still say it's going to be, uh, you know, something uh, a hydro powered something or whatever. But well, there's. There's, there's a lot of things out there, but I will tell you, the last two days, I've driven a Tesla, uh-huh. and I drove it before I jumped on the plane yesterday in Tampa through was it, traffic. Was it the, and, and the hot rod one? The, the, the asphalt? No, not the hot rod one. I wanted the one that you could watch a movie while you drive, but okay. they wouldn't give me that one. <laughs> uh, um, I guess they stopped doing that, but... Very, very impressive car. I, I got it. I, I, I'm the, you know, I'm like you, Steve. You know, I, 70 SS Chevelle, 396. Let's do some bleach burnouts on uh, Highway 100. You know, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I mean, that's the air I love too. But I will tell you, the car is impressive. I mean, it literally, you, you could just take, I mean, you don't even have to brake. The car brakes for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's it's impressive. The only thing that is a little bit uh, leery is, you know, the high. I mean, you have a lot of torque. I mean, the car moves, and this wasn't even the insane Tesla. And uh, it it just the car is very impressive. Uh, that's what all I can say. I was gonna say it's time now for a sports. Uh, you know, time now for a break. But uh, Mitch is somewhere, but. That's fine. We we, we we have a backup uh guy here that'll take care of that. Uh Eddie, when we come back, we'll talk about uh we'll talk about a little NASCAR uh coming up here with uh predictions at, at Homestead and uh get your opinion on uh between the four guys that are in the chase, uh Carl Edwards, Joey Logano, Jimmy Johnson, and Kyle Bush and see who your pick will be and we'll talk a little mm-hmm. bit more. I don't know about electric cars, but we'll see where the subject takes wow. us. <laughs> we can move on from that. But... <laughs> you, you've you been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove, Wisconsin. Our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan.
And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Do you like this song or something? You know, some people say that this is the best part of the uh, the show. Oh, absolutely. And that's all you get. Oh. It runs out. <laughs> Can't have bumper music forever. Uh, some people just loop them. Especially on another station if he's on well, his own. I mean, that's other stations. If you're wondering about the Datsun, the electric power Datsun I mentioned to see on YouTube, it's called White Zombie. So that will help you uh, find it. And, of course, unfortunately, our Wi-Fi is a little slow today. So otherwise, we would probably play it on the air for you. It's some guy out in Oregon. And it, it is really impressive what this car can do. This thing is just a rocket ship. And uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Oregon, Lapine. like Wisconsin? No, the Oregon, city? like the state. Oh, Oregon. Like Portland. Oregon. 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 Origami. Eddie, how are you doing, sir? Oh, fabulous. Fabulous, guys. So what are you down in uh, Austin for? Visiting. Visiting, Visiting friends? Relatives. Relatives? I didn't know you had relatives, or is that on the other yeah. side? Yes, on the other side. Oh, yeah. are you wearing a cowboy hat? Negative. No. No. You no keeping Austin blues. weird? No. Yeah, are you keeping Austin weird? Uh, it's yeah, very, <laughs> very. It's it's a yeah. very it's one of the probably top five hippest uh, cities in America. So. I guess that's. I haven't seen any S, uh, seventy SS Chevelles yet, though. No, they're all electric cars down there. <laughs> so uh the nascar chase for the championship ends up in homestead this weekend and we have uh jimmy johnson kyle bush joey logano and carl edwards chasing the cup and uh who's your pick for that one eddie uh i you gotta go with jimmy jimmy i mean yeah Got to go with Jimmy. Jimmy's my pick, he's... too. Dennis Michelson from RacetalkRadio.com. He mentioned uh, Joey Logano. That's his pick. Jeff Rolowski, what says you? I'm taking Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. I like that. Mitch Ross? Um, Danica. Danica Patrick, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mitch picks Danica for the cup. Very good. I'll go Joey Joey Logano because you seem to not like that pick. I hate Joey Logano. So. I don't know. It's just, it, it's just personal, I guess. That's I, how I am with Carl Edwards. Really? You don't like Carl Edwards? Uh, too many teeth. He's too pretty. <laughs> I just I, I don't like him. You know, it, it's you know, being involved in racing, you get to see drivers and that from a different point of view. And we, I did a few things with Carl Edwards at the Milwaukee Mile, and he actually won the last uh, nation. I guess that time it was nationwide race at Milwaukee, and we did a lot of stuff with him, a lot of post uh, post race stuff with him. He was great to work with. You know, very easy to work with, good guy to work with. Of course, he was in a good mood because he won in that. But and of course, I was the one that had to escort him back to his trailer. And that was interesting with hordes of autograph seekers coming at him. And it, when you're in that situation, it's kind of interesting because you know people make you know make judgments on people just from their view. And it's always good to ch- change that around and to see, unless you've been in a situation where you're walking, and he's right behind me. And when you're doing that situation, whenever you're escorting somebody through, you never stop. So if you ever notice on TV, the drivers, when they're when they're signing autographs, they never really stop. They keep moving. So we're walking from the media center to his trailer, and we're keeping. 
And when you see, it's weird, just out of nowhere, like, even if it's just 50 people, it kind of is like, whoa, this is like, it's kind of intimidating when you see 50 people starting to swarm at you. It kind of puts you back on your heels a little bit because you've never really encountered that. The first time I saw that was when I was at the Milwaukee Mile, uh, and Paul Newman pulled up next to me on his bicycle. And next thing you know, I mean, there was like 100 people. And security came in, and some guy, it was so funny, some guy comes up kind of grease ball in a, in a wife beater tank top and that, kind of comes up and, and kind of forced him, him on, forced himself onto Paul Newman to take a photo. And this is when I knew how fantastic Paul Newman was as an actor because he kind of forced Paul Newman to take a photo with him, and Paul Newman had made an expression on his face that – you knew he didn't want to be in the photo. So thereby kind of ruining the photo because nice. the guy was being a jerk, and it was, like, brilliant. I was just laughing so hard. So have you ever seen that before, Paul, Eddie? Paul, you know, it's so funny because Paul, I mean, you know, it is intimidating. Paul really never signed autographs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone would just come around with a camera. I remember in the 80s at Detroit when he was racing the Datsun, and, you know, there would be, you know, a mosh pit of photographers that just would want to get a picture, just kind of like Patrick Dempsey, um, you know, and they just hoard around to try to get that shot. And Paul never really signed autographs only for, uh, you know, auctions or people on the team and stuff, not many. And uh, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, I was with Brian Johnson from ACDC and he was leaving the garage area and he's like, Eddie, pretend like you're talking to me and just keep walking with me and keep talking so I can get to my boss so I can get to my appointment on time because he didn't want to stop because once you stop, it's like it's, it's over with. And you know, you just keep walking and he signed a few along the way, but he was having a, a conversation with me so he could try to avoid signing hundreds of signatures and and you know a lot of the drivers really want to do that i i remember uh michael andretti was one that you know he this is what he told me about signing autographs he goes once you start signing for all these people there's always going to be somebody that's not going to be happy so it's really it's it's a very difficult situation you know and and like jeff gordon I mean, he walks through the pit lane and signs autographs the whole way yeah. till he gets to his thing. And, and most of them do try to comply with the fans and try to give them, you know, now it's everybody wants a selfie. So, and it's, you know, hard to do a thousand selfies on your way to your transporter. Yeah. We'll talk uh, with, with uh, Dave. We actually had a flip-flop, uh, the two Eddie and uh, David Hobbs here coming up. David Hobbs is actually coming up at the bottom of the hour for those wondering what happened. That was a screw up on my part, not David Hobbs. And I saw, I don't know if you saw this in the F1 race where I think it was uh, Lewis Hamilton. They were walking through the paddock and somebody did like the perfect selfie. And I'm just wondering if the, the, the camera was, because you know, Lewis kind of stopped for just a second to, to take the selfie with the guy. And I thought that was kind of cool, you know. If it, but the thing is, I'm just wondering if the if it was a folk, you know, if it was able to focus quick enough because you all see those people who 
post on Facebook the out of focus selfies. I'm like, why did you even post well, that? Yeah, I mean, they get, you know, I mean, and they, you got to remember too, a lot of these drivers now, like in F1 and stuff, there's such a, a crowd of people around them. And not only that, but their commitment to engineering and debrief meetings and being in certain places at certain times for sponsorship commitments that the time they have no time it it isn't like where they used to i remember you guys were talking earlier about your first race and i remember going to my first race nascar race in 82 at nashville speedway and how richard and and dale and all the nascar guys harry gant used to just sit on the pit wall and just hang out with anybody because they had no other commitments to do they didn't have engineering debriefs that they do in nascar now looking at telemetry and stuff like that uh, you know, they went out, drove the car, and then they sat in the pit. The Music you know? City 420. That was the name <laughs> yeah. of the race. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good boy. Yeah, I know. That's good. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I was at it. And, you know, the ASA ran it. I mean, that Nashville Speedway was an awesome track back in the day. It was, you know, really good for the fans. And I remember Darrell Waltrip getting booed when uh, he used to come out. Yeah. And walk to his Because he would, he would dominate yeah. that track so much. And then there's other guys, too, in the short track days, late models. Jody Ridley ran really well there. There's oh, a throwback yeah. guy. And and that, yeah. that was a good racy track. I mean, I remember I, seeing my I old racing to... pictorials and seeing uh, they always had photos from uh, Nashville back in those days. I actually uh, I remember a quick funny story when I, I pit crewed for Alan Kowicki at uh, You're, you, you, and a, you You and a cast of thousands. Yeah, exactly. It was like my one-off deal, and I screwed that up. I smeared his windshield, and he was cussing on the radio <laughs> that he couldn't see. <laughs> and it was like he handed me, you know what they handed me back then in the 80s? A bottle of Windex and paper towel, yeah. okay? And, you know, I mean, how funny is that when you look at what's changed in 30 years here now? And that's when Eddie grabbed his camera and became a photographer. <laughs> See, it all makes sense now. All right, Eddie. And then, we th- Alan, and then Alan didn't talk to me for two years. <laughs> <laughs> give, give, me, give me a prediction for the final uh, F1 race next week in uh, Abu Dhabi. You know what? I've been wanting Rosberg all year, but I think, I don't know. I, I got a feeling he's going to choke. So I got to go with, uh, I think Lewis is just focused. Totally. Well, I got to mention that to David because he's been saying it all year that that eventually Rosberg would cave under the pressure and Hamilton would would take the championship. He's been saying that since roughly June. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next week in Abu Dhabi, and we'll talk more of that with David Hobbs after the sports flash here. Uh, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show. What's the latest at RacingNation.com? Just talking about the latest with IMSA and the 24-hour races. You know, a month and a half away. Wow. Time flies. So. Well, we're well, looking forward to it, and uh, and uh, hopefully we will be in touch again next year in February. We'll talk about the latest in racing, and uh, uh, at that time, uh, IMSA uh, next week or next uh, in February at the next show. Well, thanks for having me, guys, and, uh, you know, hopefully the Packers can get right back on the right direction here. Oh, don't even bring that up. Otherwise, we'll talk right through Hobbs. All right. Well, thank you. We 
We certainly appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, that was Eddie Lapine, RacingNation.com, and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Great Midwest Bank is the official bank of the WSSP Toy Drive for Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. You can drop off a new unwrapped toy at any Great Midwest Bank location, including their Blue Mound Road office, across from Brookfield Square now through Thursday, December 1st. It's time now for a sports flash with Mitch Ross, but before that, we'll get some uh, notes here. We also want to thank Great Lakes Dragway for joining us uh, throughout the year and also the Milwaukee area auto, the Milwaukee, the Napa, Napa, the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Association right? on the web at MILWCAR.com. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Along with Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On the web at MILWCAR.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from NBC Sports is Formula One analyst David Hobbs. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, Steve. Always good to be with you guys. Well, it was certainly a wet and wild uh, race last week in Brazil, certainly. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting, you know, what, what um, Mark Weber said. And it's kind of incredible. And you, you, you guys kind of brought it up in the broadcast when you said, you know, when they, after the red flag, they had stopped the cars. And then when they went back on, he said, you know, forget, forget the safety car. Let's just run them out at a, what, about 60% and then let them go because the, it seemed like the safety car was going too slow. And, uh, you know, that, that safety car, that's a pretty hot car with a good driver in it, isn't it? Well, Bert Mylander driving a like, nearly 700 horsepower Mercedes Benz, which you know to see it on the street would be absolutely mind blowing. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, yeah, in front of a Formula One car, they're all complaining about it being a slow poke. <laughs> and I think Mark had a very good, uh, a very good point. You know, there probably was you know too many safety cars. Obviously, they had to have the safety car when Raikkonen crashed because right. he was right in the middle of the straight. And there was uh, carbon fiber and stuff scattered all over the track, so that, that was different. But um, I think the um, while the FIA, like everybody else these days, is so worried about lawsuits and um, any other kind of things that can go wrong, and unfortunately they are on the side of safety every time. And I thought, I think quite honestly, they could have started the, the, the race. Um, Next year, there's going to be a different procedure, apparently. So the race will start under the under the safety car, go round, around, around, whatever it is. When they all decide it's ready to go, they will then form up on the grid again and go. So we won't have this funny situation where everybody's in single file, which, of course, is absolutely uh, terrible for the guys at the back mm-hmm. because they're twice as far back as they would have been normally. Um, so next year should be better, and I was hoping they might do that at uh, Brazil, but they they didn't. And um, uh, yeah, so it did it did interrupt the race a lot because it, it brought us almost well, it brought us over full time. Uh, it's a two hour race turned into a two hour race um, <clears throat> instead of laps. But um, I thought it you know it showed some astonishing driving. I was I was a bit surprised that Raikkonen spun like it did, and I was also surprised that poor old Felipe Massa in his very last. Brazilian Grand Prix in front of the home crowd. Yeah, that was certainly he, f- frustrating for him, and that you know it just shows. I mean, the car just just well, boomed like that. He's booming into the wall, and it was just so fast well, without warning. Plane, you know, that's what happens. You know, yeah. when you're aqua plane. I mean, suddenly the thing's up on the top of the water, and you really have no control. 
But um, it also, again, displayed the absolute brilliance of uh, particularly Hamilton and uh, Verstappen, who both drove absolutely faultless races. Um, unfortunately, old Hamilton got a bit overshadowed by Verstappen, who was actually passing people as Hamilton was out of front. Right. But, but at one stage, you know, Hamilton had a 30-second lead. Um, so over over the driver who will probably be named world champion uh, this coming weekend, or not this coming weekend, but next weekend in Abu Dhabi, um, which is a bit ironic because, uh, you know, in the wet, there's no, no, no touching Hamilton, generally speaking, in wet. Um, he does great races. I remember his first year in Formula One at Silverstone, uh, when he was driving with a teammate, was Alonso, already a two-time world champion. Hamilton won the race and was about to lap Ruben Barrichello in the Ferrari, who was third. Um, so Hamilton in the wet is a pretty tough combo, and it looks like um, he's going to meet <coughs> another very tough combo, which is Max Verstappen, the 19-year-old, also in the is obviously a brilliant driver in the wet too. So. We saw some amazing displays of driving. As we said, very, very, very unfortunately, caught poor old Master out um, in his very last home race. Uh, Ron Dennis is stepping down from uh, McLaren, ahead of McLaren. Tell us, uh, tell us a bit about Ron Dennis and McLaren. Well, I, I wish I knew more to tell you. I mean, it came as a bit of a surprise to me when we started to hear these rumors just before Brazil. And since then, the whole thing has escalated, and suddenly, boom, he's out. Now... He does own a significant amount of shares in McLaren, which, of course, McLaren technology these days is more than just Formula One. You know, they make the road cars, um, and they're going to make even more. They're going to make like 4,000 a year. So it's a big operation, and they make their own engines, um, a la Ferrari. It's not like they use somebody else's engine. Um, And so, obviously, it's a massive surprise, and quite honestly, you know, Formula One and McLaren won't be the same to me without Ron being there. But then reading a couple of articles that have been written, um, it does look like Ron uh, has made some very, very bad decisions. And, um, of course, the guy that he's falling out with is Mansour Oje, who is a Lebanese, who Ron has known now for like 30 years they were very close friends, used to go on holidays together. Mansur OJ owned TAG uh, before it became TAG Heuer. Mm-hmm. And um, you remember Nicky Lauda and Alan Prost drove those TAG Porsches, Porsche McLarens, back in uh, the mid-'80s. So <clears throat> Mansur and Ron have been very, very close friends as well as business associates for 40-odd years. So, And I keep hearing side bits like, well, we know what happened, and we can't tell you, but it was pretty bad sort of thing, you know. So you, I don't know whether somebody was messing around with somebody else's wife or what the heck was going on, but but whatever it was, it's led to a very, very acrimonious uh, split. And, um, you know, his um, his uh, Arab partners from, uh, I think, uh, from Bahrain, uh, who also have a big chunk of shares, uh, they, in the end, decided to side with Mansur OJ, and um, and Ron is out. But, boy, it just, to me, McLaren without Ron is sort of kind of hard to get your head around, really. How long before in, in uh, this upcoming season 
will it be with the new regulations, with the new wider uh, tires and whatnot, and before they say the F1 cars are too fast? <laughs> well, very good question, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but some smart aleck is bound to say that, aren't they? Um, and we've already had people saying, well, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. It's all very well, you know, the cornering speed's going to go up. Mm-hmm. So then the drivers and the officials will be wanting more runoff area. Then the crowd will be further back than they are now, which they won't like. Um, and as Lewis Hamilton said, boy, I don't know why they're doing all this. He said, I don't know why they're making these cars have more downforce. He said, downforce already is our Achilles heel because when you're following somebody closely behind, you lose your downforce. And so overtaking becomes difficult. And he said, and they're just going to make the situation worse. So, yeah, the cars will be going faster, but will the racing be any better? And at the moment, I think the jury is is out, but it's definitely coming around uh, to the thought that, boy, oh, boy, they might have made a big mistake here. Yeah, the cars are going to be significantly quicker, but... Um, the racing won't be any better. And in fact, it might end up being worse, which is exactly the opposite to what we want. You're listening to David Hobson, the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. David, uh, we're coming up with Abu Dhabi. Who's your pick for the championship? Well, I think Hamilton's going to win the race. But uh, if Nico Rosberg finishes on the podium, he will win the championship. Um I like Nico Rosberg. Uh, he's very good, but as Steve Matchett says about people, he says he's good, but I don't think he's great. And um, the Mercedes is an amazing car, obviously the best of the bunch. And Nico can make that work very well. But I think if he had re-signed with Mercedes halfway through the year, I think personally he'd have a job to find a, a good drive with another team. I mean, I don't think someone like Ferrari, for instance, would pick him up. Mm. He wouldn't want to go to Williams. Um, so I, I would like to see Hamilton win, and I know I get a tremendous amount of Twitter traffic saying, oh, you Brits all stick together. You just like Hamilton because you... you know, and going on about me and Hamilton. But to me, Hamilton at the moment is probably the best driver out there. And um, But, you know, he screwed it up himself by making a terrible start. Uh, which cost him three races. Um, and then, of course, he had that terribly, terribly unfortunate blow-up in Malaya, Malaysia when he was leaving by 25 seconds, which really cost him the championship. So um, it's going to be hard for Rosberg not to win the championship unless he finally gets one of those mechanical gremlins that has been haunting Hamilton all year, uh, causing him to start at the back in uh, China and the back in... Um, in the spa uh, and halfway down the field in uh, in Russia. So unless something like that happens to Rosberg, <clears throat> kind of difficult to see how he can lose the championship, really. Well, it certainly should be interesting, and we're looking forward uh, to the broadcast on NBC Sports. Uh, should be a good time. And, uh, yeah, I, I must give you guys credit. You guys have been on this since June, saying that uh, Lewis Hamilton is going to win the championship. And it, it certainly, he's, he's making it interesting right up uh, to the end. Well, he finally got his, got his starts right. And, yeah, from, uh, from uh, Singapore on, uh, yeah, he's made great starts. And, uh, and he's had good results. But, um, 
too little too late. You know, he was on the pole, handsomely on the pole in both uh, Australia and Bahrain, which was the first two races of the year. Made absolutely terrible starts. Got shuffled back to like ninth at turn one in Bahrain. And, you know, he recovered. But, uh, I mean, he, he should have walked both those races, really. And, um, uh, and then, of course, he had a string of issues in practice and qualifying, which kept you know, kept him out of the front of the, of the field in qualifying, and um, they also played a big part in his in his uh, quest for his fourth championship. But um, yeah, yeah, as I say, it's hard to see how Rosberg can lose it unless you know he has some sort of mechanical issue. Right. Well, thank you, David. We appreciate you taking time out uh, calling from jolly old England. How's the weather over there? To- well, it's not bad. I mean, it's about 40 degrees, um, a bit cloudy, for the, surprisingly, for England. Uh, <laughs> although the last couple of days have been very, very nice. And uh, we came over here to some friends of ours who are having their 50th wedding anniversary. And um, we are at this gorgeous, gorgeous house in the Cotswolds. Um, I've already had a couple of drinks and uh, more to follow. <laughs> We're having a great time. Thank you very much, Steve. And we'll be winging our way back to Florida on Tuesday. Very good. Well, thank you. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. Yeah, that was David Hobbs from NBC Sports Network on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Great Midwest Bank is the official bank of the WSSP Toy Drive for Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. You can drop off a new unwrapped toy at any Great Midwest Bank location, including their Blue Mound Road office across from Brookfield Square Mall now through Thursday, December 1st. When we come back after this break, Jeff Orlowski and I will be taking a mop and bucket and cleaning up after this mess. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, driven by Milwaukee-area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Gear Association on the web at milwcar.com. Well, Jeff, the car is smoking. We've lost oil pressure. We're going to try and coax it around for one more lap here in the final show. Should I pit or should we try and make it to the finish line? <laughs> you got to stay out. <laughs> stay out. Try to make I think, it. I think we're losing air in the right rear. It's getting a little squirrely. <laughs> we're going to just try and coax it around here one more lap, huh? <laughs> yeah, why not? So so Kyle Busch is your guy. Yeah, I'm going to take Harvick to win the race, but Kyle Busch to Ooh, win the championship. Okay, yeah, I like that. You know, I like I, that. starting from the pole, you know, Kevin kind of proven that, you know, he should be in the final four, but it didn't work out. But I'll take Kevin to win and, and Kyle to, to host a trophy. Interesting. Very good. And then, Mitch, you're taking Danica? I'll take Joey Logano. Joey Logano. I'm going to go with Dennis, my guy. You got Danica to win the race, but Logano in the championship. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah there you go. That'll work. <laughs> if, that, if that's possible. He's wearing his Go Daddy Danica stuff today and his lime green uh, tights and everything. <laughs> he looks pretty good. The yep. pink hat and shoes make the outfit. It does, yes. It's very good. Breast cancer research and all that. Very good, Mitch. We're, we're very proud of you. Yes, mm-hmm. I like Jimmy Johnson, but I'm kind of leaning towards, uh, uh, I kind of like the Kyle Busch thing and Kevin Harvick to win tonight. It should be interesting. And uh, Xfinity, yeah, who cares? <laughs> I will. I will. It, it would be cool if, uh, 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 well, Justin Algar. I would kind of like to see him win, I guess, out of the four guys. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. We, we appreciate everybody listening throughout the year and uh, look for us in February. 
on the final inspection show. And once and for all, thank you, Great Lakes Dragway and Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Don't forget to check them out on the web at milwcar.com and greatlakesdragway.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.